Welcome to Empathy Media, the podcast exploring empathy in action. We're hearing more and more these days about VR, virtual reality, and AR, augmented reality. And I had the chance recently to meet with a friend and former colleague, Adam Groves, who's been putting these technologies to a particularly interesting social use. So we're using it with the Children's Society. We're doing a a small pilot over the next few months um, in a mental health drop-in centre in Birmingham. So the kind of origins of it are that um, the Children's Society runs a number of mental health drop-in centres in the Midlands for young people who are facing kind of um, relatively low-level mental health issues. uh, It's um, supposed to be a preventative service. And we looked at the monitoring data um, within those services and what that data told us was that the, the kind of major presenting issues that young people were coming with are um, anxiety and low mood and when we spoke to the practitioners who work across those centres about um, how that manifests itself in practice they told us a couple of things so one is that um, the young people report that this anxiety um, is often triggered in kind of fairly um, uh, I guess not predictable, but um, common situations. So going to school, um, being made to read aloud, being in a kind of really busy corridor, the kinds of situations that you might empathise with. Right. <laughs> they, they have kind of induced anxiety. Um, but the second thing that, um, that we learned when we started to um, do our user research with, with practitioners and young people was that when young people are given coping techniques and coping mechanisms um, to, to kind of... Um, manage their anxiety in these situations, sometimes they find it difficult to apply them in the real world. So they might come to a mental health drop-in centre, they share the problem they're facing. So um, I get asked to read aloud in class and it makes me really anxious and I really struggle. And the practitioner could sit down with them and say, okay, well, next time that happens, here's some breathing exercises that you could do and could practice the breathing exercises with them. But then in the moment, they struggle to recall them and struggle to apply them. So what we're experimenting with is um, we've developed a number of um, 360 videos which uh, are reflective of these situations. Um, So we filmed them in a school in Birmingham. And from about February through till um, March, April, we'll be testing them. So young people will be able to come into a drop-in centre. And when they um, uh, are experiencing anxiety in these types of situations, they'll be able to put on a virtual reality headset. So we're just going to use Oculus Go's, relatively cheap headsets, um, immerse themselves in a classroom context, and then practice these coping techniques um, with a 360 kind of experience going on around them. Um, And we've built in a few... um, uh, kind of interactive elements so they can decide whether they want to go ahead and read aloud or decide not to. Um, but we've also um, kind of aimed to merge the kind of offline and online experience, if you like, so the offline and, and 360 experience. So um, they're coping, they've got a number of coping cards which give them simple techniques that they can practice and they can access them within the virtual reality headsets. Mm. But then we're also printing them so they can take them away. So the idea is, is that is that um, within the VR scenarios, they start to um, to gain confidence in applying these techniques, and then they've also got those physical prompts in the real world. So it's an experiment. Um, we don't know if it will work or not. We um, must have some evidence as to that it might work. Yes, yeah, so there's 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 good evidence that it can work. So there's um, kind of um, relatively strong. Um, emerging evidence around the use of VR for exposure therapy. Um, so, um, when which is used in more formal contexts by therapists. So, I think the best evidence for it 
um, is for um, like arachnophobia, <laughs> um, where you've got um, something um, fairly concrete that you can present to somebody that's got that phobia. Spiders, um, in other words. Exactly. Um, and uh, there's also relatively good evidence for public speaking. Um, uh, so um, allowing using VR to put people in front of an audience. Um, so there's relatively good evidence for, um, for helping people with anxiety around public speaking. And then there's emerging evidence for social anxiety um, and other, other forms of anxiety. But um, yes, yeah, so it's an emerging evidence base. There's a company called Oxford VR, which is a spin out from Oxford University who are making a big bet on this and who think it's gonna be a, a kind of really um, significant um, uh, kind of tool in, in the future. Um, what we don't know is if it will work in the context that we're using it and if our kind of, um, you know, the 360 videos we've filmed will have the desired effect because it's the first first time that we've we've tested it, which is fine. Um, it's a small test and <laughs> we'll see how it goes. So the idea is it's, it's an intermediate space between talking about the problem outside it and being in it. Yep. This is a sort of halfway house where you're in a sort of safe space. Is that the idea where you can feel the fear, but you know you're really, the kids, how real does it feel when you're in it? Do they think I am at school and I get the anxiety? Or so we haven't tested it with kids yet. That will start um, in, in about a month's time. But having um, having watched the 360 videos myself, the, the bit that I was most worried about was that um, the children that we filmed with might appear inauthentic. But actually, um, I felt intimidated walking through this corridor with a bunch of kind of 15-year-old kids, um, uh, quite close up um, within the VR headset. So. I think that dimension of it um, will work, and the nice thing is, is that the, um, the young people who try on the headsets will be able to have this experience within a safe context, sitting next to a, um, a support worker um, within a mental health drop-in centre. So hopefully, it's the kind of the best of both worlds, the ability to have that experience, but to have it in a in a safe and controlled context. Mm. So, what's next? Do you have more plans beyond? Yeah. Beyond this, so um, we are planning a second test of it. Assuming this one goes goes to plan, um, planning a second test um, in Salford um, with a slightly different user group. So um, uh, trying to tailor it for um, young people in care um, and the kind of more specific tr triggers for anxiety that they might encounter. Um, and then we're also um, hoping to explore what would make the solution and um, what would make this tool really usable for um, young people with learning difficulties. So the thinking is, is that if we can make it accessible to that group early on, then it's likely to be more accessible to everyone because um, kind of in principles around inclusive design and making sure that um, yeah, we're, we're creating a tool from, from, the, from the very beginning that, that everyone can use. Um, and then in the kind of medium, medium long term, um, we're also starting to explore about um, opportunities around augmented reality so that's um, rather than being immersed in a virtual world when you've got a digital projection over the real world um, and starting to look at the possibilities for delivering services through that as well but that's our, our thinking on that's really early very good to talk to you about it good luck with the whole thing thank you